2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 through 18. And we're going to continue talking about eternal life here on earth. It says here, therefore, do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you this morning for your spirit that's already here. I already sense you moving to bring strength and comfort and hope to each person that is here. But Father, we also line up ourselves for you to adjust us, for you to uh, uh, fix our vision on the right things, Lord God. Father, we ask right here, right now, that your anointing would be present to move, to strengthen, to heal, the, the anointing to preach and pull down strongholds and adjust our thinking so we can get after your purposes and promises. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Praise God. Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 and 18 is a, is a powerful verse, and um, it's a reminder. We've been talking in here about eternal things. And as I was preparing, preparing this week to really get into the word, one of the things that just came up in my spirit was to talk about eternal things. Because there are certain things on the planet Earth that are temporal, and there are other things that are eternal. And what I found as a human being and as a Christian, that the majority of us are focused on things that are temporal. And things that are eternal tend to take a back seat to things that are eternal. And that should not be the case. In other words, our focus should be on eternal things and not on temporal things. What is it that steals from us most of the times? Well, it's the temporal things. What is it the things that we worry about the most? Temporal things. We need to flip that around. Because it's only the eternal things that really matter. And look at this verse again. It says, don't lose heart. Even though your outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Do you know the things that we're going through, they're only for a moment. Even the pain that the Lebrado family's feeling and so many of us are feeling right now. The Bible says it's only for a moment. And it's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And look at verse 18. Well, we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Now, that, that scripture there is heck and deep. Because think about this. How do you look at things that you can't see? You know, see, that, that's the problem with Christians. We just read stuff and don't even, don't even meditate. Don't even take a moment. And as David said, Selah, you know, just pause. We, don't, we just kind of read stuff and don't think about it. Think about what God is asking us to do here. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And that's what I'm believing God is going to do in our lives this morning. Is he's going to awaken our spiritual eyes to begin to see the things that you can't see. Because so many of us have things in our life. They're there, you just can't see them. You say, well, why is it important that I see them? Because the junk that you're worried about, the solution's in the unseen realm. The stuff that you're losing sleep over, 
the stuff that you're consumed with, the problems that you see, the things you talk about, worry about, are consumed with, the solution's in the unseen realm. But the problem, what the enemy is doing is he's causing us to focus only on what we see, an empty bank account. Come on, somebody. Focusing on the junky car that you drove to church in today. Focusing on the place you live, the problems you have. But what the word of God, I believe, is trying to get us to do is see the things that are not seen. And this is the problem with most Christians. The the problem with most Christians, it's not sin. Now, it is a problem. It's not the devil. Come on, you need to get over that thing. The death's the devil. The devil's hitting me. The devil's attacking me. You know, we, like, we just like to put all that kind of stuff up. Listen, the problem is what you're looking at. And all some of us ever see are the things that we can see. You need to be able to look past the things you can see and see into the eternal realm. All you see right now is a husband that ain't doing right. Come on, you need to see the unseen. You need to see what will happen when God gets a hold of him. Come on. You need to see him in church serving and helping and being a blessing. Come on, somebody. Amen. You need to see him stop drinking in the spirit. Come, you got to focus on the things you can't see. All you see right now is a, is a daughter or a son who's as rebellious as all get up. But you need to tap into the things of God and be able to see what you can't see. See, when you do this, you get to catch this today. Because God wants to release in some of you an entrepreneurial spirit. Because an entrepreneur spirit is a spirit that comes from sonship. You say, well, what are you talking about, Pastor? We spent all that time in the last series, Missing Pieces, getting you to realize you guys are sons. You're not orphans. You belong to God. You're an heir of salvation. Everything that is heaven's is yours. And then we're here in the earth, and we're afraid to do new things. We're afraid to start businesses. We're afraid to start ministries. We're afraid to get out there and be entrepreneurs. And you know what? You don't need to fear that because everything you need is in the unseen realm. But you just can't see it. Well, let me flip that. You're just not focused on it. All you see is, listen, the challenges, the problems, the reasons why you can't, the reasons why you won't. And this is why it's my job to get you to come to church every Sunday, say every Sunday, so that you, so that I can focus your vision back on the things that you cannot see. Now, the Bible tells us this, the spirit and the flesh war. That means the temporal realm wars against the eternal realm. And every day, both realms have voices. The voices of the temporal realm sound like your coworkers, your family, the talking heads on TV, CNN, Fox, Everybody's complaining about the state of the world, complaining, but nobody's got solutions. Everybody's complaining about their jobs, complaining about the government, complaining about the economy. Listen, we got to stop focusing on the things that are temporal and focus on the eternal. Are you catching this today? Now, as Christians, most of us spend the most time consumed with things that are temporal. It amazes me, you know. We get saved, we come to an altar, we confess our need for Jesus. And then we put Jesus in our life in a box at the back of our life. So we leave church, we go to work, we spend time with family, we entertain ourselves. None of that is wrong. 
And then if we have time left over, maybe we'll spend it with Jesus. Then if we have money left over, then we give it to the things of God. And what we're doing is we're placing all this emphasis on things that are temporal. Now listen, I'm going to tag team this morning. I got a clip here to show you from uh, Pastor uh, Francis Chan. Uh, you, may, you may have heard of him, um, not to be confused with Charlie Chan and the Chan clan. Y'all remember that cartoon? Am I the only one that remembers that cartoon? Okay, thank you. Robbie, Robbie, remember. Why do you remember it, Robbie? Robbie's like supporting the Asians, brother. That's all. This would be a great cartoon, Charlie Chan and the Chan clan. But this is no relation. This is Francis Chan. And this, he, 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 does a great, uh, he does a great little illustration here. And I want, I want you to just catch this. So check out this clip.
myself as comfortable as possible, enjoying myself as much as I can, Paul says, look, I'm going to live my life for this mission. I'm going to spend my life, invest my life for this moment when I cross that finish line. See, I'm going to forget about all this stuff I could enjoy, and I'm not going to look around. I'm going to be like a runner, just looking at that moment when I face God, because when I face Him, then I don't get this chance over again. We get one chance at this life on earth, and it can end at any second for any of us. We've got one chance at this, and then comes eternity. And I'm not going to be fooled. I'm not going to spend my life down here. See, people look at some of my decisions and go, oh, you're so stupid, because that's going to really affect this. I go, no, you're stupid, because it's going to affect all of this. Man, I, I, I'm serious. I, I look. I look at the way people live, and I go, wow, that is so crazy. You are so crazy. You're going you're gonna to do that right now, just enjoy it right now, not even knowing if you have tomorrow, and you think that's smart and that I'm dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Paul goes, I'm not going to look around at all this stuff. And it's tempting. It's tempting to all of us. That's what I'm saying. Down here, it's crazy because everyone lives that way. Everyone lives for the red part. No one's thinking about the millions of years afterwards. It's, it's just this crazy deception that we can't get out of our minds. And Paul goes, I'm not doing that. Because I keep my eyes on that. I keep my eyes on that finish line. And I'm going to forget what's behind me. I'm not looking around. I'm just going to, I'm straining. Because I'm straining. Straining forward, I'm like stretching forward for that mark. I'm going to pass this thing. I'm going to live this out, and I'm going to face him. I'm going to come before the judges, and he's going to hand me that trophy. He goes, I'm going to get it. And I haven't gotten there yet. He goes, but you, you better believe I'm using every muscle exertion, every bit about me, because I'm going to pass that line well. Come on, give it up for Francis Chan. <laughs> Couldn't say it any better myself. I mean, that's what we're, we're talking about. And what I'm praying this morning happens is we get a shift in what we're facing and what we're looking at. Because some of the things that we're giving our very lives to here on this earth are things that don't even matter. And like he said, you know, you, you, you've got to grasp the word of God. Is, it tells the truth. It's not a lie. Eternity goes on forever. And I think that's a great illustration to see how much we're stressing over. Some of you guys are sacrificing your families on the altar of success. You're working harder for something that's temporal that's not even going to matter. And you're, and you're not spending time with your kids. You're not focusing on your marriage. You're not focusing on your relationships around you. You're not doing anything for anybody else that's going to be eternal. And listen, we've got to shift that, okay? The reason we have to shift that is because it's no way to live. It's no way to live. God puts you on this earth to accomplish eternal purposes. If you're taking notes, you need to write that down. Because God puts you on this earth to accomplish eternal purposes. Your life is to affect somebody's eternity. Your life is, is to be a part of eternal things. And if you don't find out what those are, if you don't get involved in it, you'll never be fulfilled. When will we learn that money cannot fulfill you? When will we learn that success won't fulfill you? Why do you think these movie stars who have all this money turn to drugs? These guys that are making all this money can't stay married on their third, fourth, fifth marriage. They, can't, they have no success in their relationships. 
Why do these things happen? Because true fulfillment cannot be found in success. It can't be found in money. It can't be found in fame. It cannot be found in accomplishments. True fulfillment in life can only be found in the eternal God and your relationship with him. And so here you could be living in South Sacramento and be more fulfilled than millionaires. Oh, yeah, yeah, you don't believe that, but it's true. Here you are living, maybe renting a home, and you could be more successful and more fulfilled than somebody who's a CEO of a corporation, whose life is falling apart, who's got to medicate himself with alcohol every night of the week. And yet you don't have what he has, but you could be so fulfilled, where you have a good marriage, your kids love you. Come on, you're happy, you're fulfilled. This guy wants to kill himself every night, sitting on fortune, sitting on a fortune running a Fortune 500 company. See, we've got to redefine what's important and redefine what success is. And that's where the Bible comes in. Now, I do want to address something because in Christianity, we have, we have people that are, are we're, we're prone to excess. We're prone to going what I call the two ditches of truth. I believe every, every truth is like a highway, okay? You hear a word, and there's two ditches on each side of that highway. So you hear a word like this where you need to go after eternal things. And people want to stop owning things. People want to sell all their money, give it to the poor, and just do all these things and not be successful in life. Well, that's one ditch. See, that's an excess. Well, uh, of eternal things, well, then there's no sense in me having a career. I'm just going to sell everything and go on the road and preach. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what this truth is about. But there are people that fall into the, that ditch of going all the way into that thing and saying, well, if the only thing that matters is eternity, then I'm just going to get the road and be a preacher and, and get out there and go on missions trips, and that's all I'm going to do. Well, that's not what this truth is about. That's a ditch. And there's another ditch over here where people are just focused on the temporal things. Well, I just got to be successful. This is all about being a success. Listen, I am always reminded, and I, I think I've shared this with you before, about a commercial with Deion Sanders back in the 90s. Y'all remember Deion Sanders? If you don't know who Deion Sanders is, Deion Sanders is one of the greatest athletes to ever walk the earth. And you can argue with me on that if you want to, but here's a guy that played football, and he played offense and defense. He played football and baseball. And an amazing thing. And so they had this commercial, it was for Pizza Hut, and uh, uh, Jerry Jones, it was right after he left the Niners and betrayed the Niners and went over to the Cowboys. And, and they did this commercial with him where they were asking, Jerry Jones was asking him, hey, Dion, what do you want to play, offense or defense? And he said, both. And then somebody else comes to him and he says, hey, Dion, what do you want to play, baseball or football? And he says, both. And we need to be the kind of Christians that have enough capacity to say both. It's not just about the eternal. It is about the temporal. We can be dominant in both. But what I'm saying to you is the middle of that highway of truth is to put the eternal before the temporal. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be a success. Listen, you got kids, you got a family, you've got a legacy you need to leave behind. You need to conquer some things in the earth. You need to be successful in the temporal with our eyes on the eternal. And I, I really felt it was important that I adjust you because I don't want y'all thinking, well, why am I going to college? Why am I planning to do this? Why am I doing I just need to be preaching, preaching, preaching. No, we need to dominate in both realms. But our focus, y'all, has to be on the eternal. 
Our focus has to be on the eternal purposes of God. And that's what I want to get you focused on right now. We have to shift our thinking to focus our lives from that which is temporal to that which, which is eternal. But we doesn't mean we let go of the temporal. It just means we embrace both. And like, you got to pray for that Deion Sanders anointing. Come on. And be dominant in the temporal and the eternal. Or that Bo Jackson anointing for all you Raider fans. Amen. I know. So Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read this to you. This is what Jesus taught us here in the scriptures. He said, don't lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So Jesus taught us as well, don't be all focused on just being successful in the earth realm. You need to get some treasures up in heaven. You need to accomplish some eternal things. And that's what we're talking about today. Getting our focus on those things. So, uh, you know, God is going to speak to you. You got you to get in touch with your eternal purpose. There are many people that are trying to call the vision that they have God's vision for their life. Well, you know, I have a vision, this, and then they get saved and they just automatically assume, well, this is God's vision. And, it, and that's not always the case. And this is why you need to understand one thing, uh, it, you know, that I always see that Christians miss is majority of Christians cannot recognize eternity and eternal situations in their life. And I read a, a book one time by a guy by the name of Mike Murdoch. He has a book called The Law of Recognition. If you've never read it, you should get it. You can Google it, Amazon it, whatever, and, and get that. Because in that uh, book, what it's talking about is having the ability to recognize God moments and God people. And this is so important because the majority of us in this room have no understanding of the law of recognition. And that's a problem, especially if you're single. Because you need to recognize who God has for you to be your future spouse. Can I get an amen? You've got to understand how to recognize when God's in something and when God's not in something. You've got to learn to recognize people that God sends to you and who people God didn't send to you. You've got to have that sense, that sense of discernment, that ability to recognize where God, where's the church you've called me to? You don't pick a church because they have a good choir. You don't pick a church because you like the children's ministry. You don't pick a church because they got nice chairs. Thank God you don't. This place would be empty right now. Don't worry, we're going to work on it. We're going to work on it. You pick a place because you recognize God's calling me there. God has something for me there. And the other things around it might not match up and line up, but you've got to be able to recognize and say, hey, this is where God has me. Have you yet recognized that God puts you at the job you're at? The job you're always complaining about. See, you don't recognize God has you there. And if God puts you there, why complain about it? You better line up with it. Okay, God, here's a reason you have me here. I'm going to learn to love it. That's a revelation for somebody. Amen? You've got to learn how to recognize eternal things. And when God sets you up for eternal things. And so I want to give you three things today uh, about recognizing uh, an eternal vision from God, okay? Because this is a problem for many of us. We don't know what God's telling us to do. We don't know what God's saying. We don't know if a vision is from God. We, and I hear it all the time. Pastor, I just need to know God's will and because I, I want to do this, and I don't know if God's in it or not. Well, let me help you with this, okay? Everything you're involved in should have these, these three components in it if it's from God, okay? 
That means this, your relationships, your marriage, your family, your business, whatever, whatever you're involved in should be touching these three areas, and I'll prove it to you in Scripture, okay? The first thing you need to understand, if something is from God, and it's a vision from heaven, number one, it needs to strengthen a personal relationship with Jesus in your life. It needs to strengthen a personal relationship with Jesus in your life. If it's not doing that, God didn't send it. You'd write that down. If it's not doing that, then God didn't send it. See, a vision from heaven is so big that you're going to understand the, 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 the most important thing about your eternity is what? A relationship with Jesus. That's the number one thing about eternity, the most important thing. Your access to eternity is Jesus. Remember, Jesus said, I'm the door. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through me. If you don't have a strong personal relationship with Jesus, you can't see the unseen realm. You can't tap into it. And when God gives you a vision for something or sends you a relationship, it should strengthen that relationship with Jesus. This is why I don't get hard-headed people that still date. They call themselves Christians, and they date unsaved people. It ain't from God if he don't help you get closer to God. She ain't from God if she's not pushing you towards him. I'm just let that marinate. So don't, don't, don't introduce me to somebody, singles. <laughs> Pastor, this is my new boyfriend. What's up? Because <laughs> my first question is going to be this, is he saved? And it's based on this. If you really want God's best, a relationship from heaven is going to push you closer to Jesus. Amen? Before you marry somebody, if you're going to get married, that relationship somewhere, somehow has got to be about both of you coming closer to Jesus. It can't just be a selfish ambition. Well, she's going to help me do this, and I'm going to help her do that. Can you both help each other get closer to Christ? Because if you can't, it ain't an eternal, there ain't no eternal purpose in that thing. And let me tell you, we need eternity involved in our relationships. Why? Because we're seeing what happens to temporal things, especially in marriage. It don't work. So your relationships have to have this component, what pushes me closer to Jesus? You need to be able to recognize when a relationship is from God and when it's not. We all have friends in our lives, myself included, that have nothing to do with God, and that's okay. That's good, because you're to be the God in that relationship. Not, not the God, but you understand, you're to bring God into that relationship. That's your job, okay? But then there's relationships that I sow into that I recognize God brought these people to me. There's an eternity component in my relationship with per this person. I'm here to help them somehow in, a, in an eternal purpose, and I'm here to connect with, they're here to connect with me on an eternal purpose. And those are the relationships that I sow into that I keep, that I, that I help build. Some of you are pouring into the wrong relationships. You're spending time with just those kids you grew up with. And that's cool. You can have love with them, uh, love for them, okay? You can hang out with them and all that kind of stuff. But listen, you've got to be able to recognize who has God sent you? Who does God have in my life? And get around those people. 
and pay a price to be around those people and sow into those people. Because there are people in your life God sends you, and you connect with them right away. I met uh, Robbie back in 19, sheesh, man, 1992. 1992, I met Robbie when I was still a youth pastor in Union City, California. And I knew back then this is somebody I'm going to know for a long time. So I move away from, to Florida. I go away to Florida for about 15 years. Actually, we came back in about 99 to do a missions trip to Dixon, California. And I, I remember just reconnecting. And the reason I did that after being gone from into Florida for about three years is there was just a connection there. It wasn't a soulish connection. It wasn't a connection because he's a cool guy. It wasn't a connection, you know, because uh, he's nice. There was a heaven component there. And so, you know, we connected, and, um, and then I came back in 2008, and one of the first people that I reconnected with was Robbie. And Robbie was in a whole different place in his life, had gone through many personal challenges and things, but we just reconnected. Why? Because there was an eternal purpose in that, and I recognized it. And not only did I recognize it, he recognized it, to where when he was at his lowest point, he reached out to me. And we've talked about it, and we don't know why, because at the time, I wasn't even pastoring a church yet. I wasn't even pastoring. He wasn't in a good place. And I get this phone call one day, and he just starts telling me, man, I'm going through this, this, and that. And it was like, whoa, it's a heaven moment. It's a heaven moment. And for many of you, I've had those times with you. I've had times where, you know, you just connect with somebody and you recognize this isn't just a cool guy. This isn't just a nice girl. God's in this. There's something here. And we have to recognize that component. Because when those relationships are there, it pushes us both closer to Jesus. Are you tracking with me today? So let's take it out of relationships and let's look at your career. Your career should have a component that is causing you to push closer to Jesus. Some of you go, how does that happen, Pastor? You know how it happens? By being ambitious. Like I was talking about, that entrepreneurial spirit. Wanting more in life. That's how it happens. And it's not a greedy thing. It's not a selfish ambition. It's just wanting to accomplish, wanting to dominate, wanting more for your life. You say, well, how does that push you closer to Jesus? Because God puts that in you, and he puts you in positions to where if he doesn't move, it ain't happening. He wants to put a vision in you so big that you recognize, I better stay close to Jesus, or I'm never going to get there. And so he'll drop, a, he'll drop something in your spirit, and it'll be like, I want you going to a four-year university. And you're a young person going, but we ain't got no money. What's the first inclination to a son? Get close to the father. Get close to the father. So some of you have had big dreams, and you pushed it off because all you saw was the temporal. Ah, oh, I can't do it. There's this reason, that reason. No, no, no. Dream big. And then when you get down to the place where your mind kicks in and your mind says, well, how are you going to do it? This is your answer. Be close to Jesus. Be close to Jesus. So now your motivation, and this might sound selfish, but track with me here. Your motivation every morning to get up and do your devotionals and spend time with God is now kind of because there's something in it for you. And I know that sounds selfish, but listen, this is kind of how God made us. That's why David, he didn't just go kill Goliath. You know what his first question was? What's in it for me? What do I get? That was his first question. I know we like to think, well, David was just holy. He was just a great. No, he was just like you and I. 
And if they would have said, well, nothing really, I doubt he would have stepped to Goliath. He would have said, go on then, good luck with that. But you know what they told him? David, you'll never pay taxes another day in your life. And you see Saul's fine daughter over there? Come on, somebody. She must have looked good. And he's like, he's like, hey, you know, I'm, give me, where's the sword? Give me, give me, give, I'm ready. Let's take it. You know, why? Because he saw something in it for him. And I know as preachers many times, we try to kill that desire for more in, our, in, in people's lives. That's selfish. You should just pray, God, pray to God because you love him. I believe that. But he put something in us to want more in life. And that's not demonic. As long as it causes you to be closer to Jesus. And my vision for this church, for my life, for my sons and daughter, for my, for my marriage is so big, I understand I can't get there alone. I'm not smart enough. I don't, I don't have enough of what it takes. But if I could get close to Jesus every day, say every day. I can just be close to him every day. Maybe I'll become a better man. I will become a better man. I'll become a better husband. I'll become a better father. And so there is this thing about our relationship with God and everything that he puts us in that should push us closer to him. And so if you have a business, a career, a future, is your future big enough to where it causes you to rely on God? If it's not, you need to adjust that. You need to dream bigger. You need to dream bigger. And don't be scared because God says, you know why that dream's big? Because I have to be a part of it for it to be fulfilled. That's all right. That's a weak uh, pity clap right there. This ain't that church. Believe me, we don't, we don't do weak pity claps. But thank you, you guys that were clapping on that. That's a good place because why? Tr uh, uh, truth demands a response. And that hits somebody's spirit. But you need to catch this right now because some of us only want comfortable vision. Comfort. We just want comfort. So we'll go as far enough that it don't hurt. And we seek things that aren't going to be too hard. And that's why we say things like, all I want is a nice job where I can get a nice house and take care of my kids. That's all I want. And that sounds real humble. But you know what? That's the selfish, most selfish thing you could ever say. That's hecka selfish. Because all you care about is you and yours. Everybody down the street can just go to hell, right? <laughs> Who cares about the poor people? As long as I can take care of me and mine, that's all I need from you, God. Did you know that grieves the heart of God? He says, you, didn't, you don't get it. Because he said the greatest command is that you love God with your whole heart and you love your neighbor as yourself. That's where we get this thing, love God and lift others. You know how you love God? By loving others. It's real hard to love people when you ain't got no money. It's real hard to help the poor when you're broke. So God wants you to dominate them. Go get your college education. Start that business. Do those things. And, and allow that desire for more to get you in the morning going, I can't do it without you, God. I can't do it without you, God. I need you. Single people, you're going to get married, you got to get up every morning believing for a great husband, a great wife, even though you know you might not have a lot of work to work with. <laughs> but if you get close to God, 
if you get close to God. God will take you out of your pay grade. Come on, and you'll marry us. Amen? Take you out of your pay grade. That was a little better clap. Y'all getting there. Y'all getting there. So a vision from heaven has got to be so big, the only way to get to it is through Jesus. So couples dream. We want, a big, we want to live in a good neighborhood. We want to drive a better car. We want to put our money to work for us. We want to start things. We want to do this. We want to do that. Oh, well, now you're just t focusing on the temporal, not if it's got eternal focus. Why do you want to do those things? Because I do wish we had some more entrepreneurs in the house. You know why? When we get in this building, we're going to need you. We're going to need you. We'll come to you. You remember all those times you was confessing, those confessions, putting your offerings in there? And now God's blessed you. Now you got your business. Now that lawn thing is taken off and you got this happen. Now this other bit, we're going to need you in a little while. And you're going to know why we're confessing this every day. Because your success, if it's connected to Jesus, will build eternal things. You're getting, you're getting there. You're getting there. So let's move on. Okay, so the first thing God, a vision from God has is it pushes you closer to Jesus. Your relationship should push you closer. If, there, if heaven's in it, there are some people I can get around and just spend time with them, and I leave their presence. I'm just stronger in God. There's some people I can get on a phone call. I could talk to Patrick Andrew. I could talk to some of my friends in ministry and different things. And just getting that time with them, I feel better. I'm strengthened in my relationship with Jesus. Me and Pastor Lance, he's going to be with us in a, in a couple months. I get with him, and we just have breakfast together, spend 45 minutes together, and I come out of that thing encouraged and strengthened. So when God's in a vision, in something, it draws you closer to Jesus. Number two. Well, let me give you the scripture for that. John 17, 1 through 5. Because I want to prove everything in the scriptures. This isn't some self-help stuff. This is what the word of God says. John 17, 1 through 5 says this. Jesus spoke these words. We've been looking at the scripture the last couple weeks. Lift up your eyes to heaven, he said. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as have given him. Look at verse 3. And this is eternal life that, you may, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you've sent. So eternity is always wrapped up in your relationship with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Number two. If a vision in your life is from God, it'll, it'll build his church. It'll build his church. Matthew chapter 16, 18. It says this, and I also said to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now why is that important? Because it's the only thing Jesus said he's building. The only thing he's building is the church. So if I'm connected to Christ, he doesn't mind that I'm building a strong legacy for my family. He doesn't mind that you're building a brand, a business, okay? But it has to be linked to building his church or you'll never be fulfilled. That's why I encourage y'all, go on missions trips with us. Get out, get a global vision of what God's doing all over the planet and be a part of it. Because when you're a part of it, God begins to see you as a channel to channel wealth into the earth. And when, he, and when you become a channel, he doesn't mind that you have things. He knows that those things won't have you. So God will bless you, but there will be a time when he'll come to you and he'll go, okay, now it's my turn. I've given you a house. 
I've given you a business. Now the church needs $5,000 to move into this building. See, some of you choke at that. <laughs> Amen? You, you, choked, you choked right there. Whoa, 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 whoa. You know, you got, that, you got that level in your life where you choke. You ever, you ever shopping and you like, oh, this is so nice. And you pull out the price tag. See, that's your choking point. That's your choking point. You'll never go beyond that point. Some of you who have some sense have learned not to show it when you're choking. Amen? Some of you still ain't learned that yet. Oh, God, what the heck? Everybody in the store is looking at you. Some of us have learned to go, oh, is that all? Okay. In, in, the, in your mind, you're going, dang. To sell my firstborn to afford that. But that's your choking point. And your choking point, you'll never go beyond. You'll never go beyond it. You have a choking point in God, too. Some of your choking point, you, you can't even give your tithe. People that don't give the tithe are people that haven't understood eternal purposes. Or they're just undisciplined. Sometimes we're just so undisciplined and focused on paying for the temporal that we forget to invest in the eternal. Amen? But no matter what you're doing, it has to be tied to building his church. Now, you could sit here and hear me as a pastor if you want to, but I'm just reading the scriptures to you. You know, some people will hear this and go, oh, that's, that's pastor's talk. They're just trying to get people to invest in the church. Listen, I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking about the eternal church, church all over the world. We're not just about building Elevate Life Church. That's why we're going to India. That's why we're going to the Philippines. That's why we've gone to Jamaica. That's why I travel and go into Indonesia and all that kind of stuff. Listen, and you, and you know what, what's incredible about it? It's not just me going, it's us going. Did you know I can't go to those places if we don't have you guys? I can't do it. And as, he, as, as Francis Chan was talking about in the video, one day we'll stand before heaven. And the thing that you're going to be shocked with is what your finances did for the kingdom. The king is going to stand before you and he's going to say, uh, Mr. Smith, Come, come forward. This is what we've seen that you did in the earth. You're going to be shocked. You're going to be like, wait a minute. I don't remember doing all that. He's going to say, oh, yeah, don't you remember when you gave your tithe to Elevate Life Church? And Pastor Sergio went into that 1040 window in Indonesia and Malaysia and all those Muslim countries, and he was winning souls. Well, that went into your account. Because you chose to connect yourself with eternal things and building his church. Are you tracking with me today? So go ahead, have a vision for your life. Build your businesses and do all those things. But you ought to understand, if it's truly from God, remember, God is about the family business. And what is the family business right now? It's building the local church. It's building the global church. And so when God blesses you and he gives you that promotion, don't you dare just go out and get a big screen TV. Make sure, what is the last part of our confession? So that I may what? To give into the kingdom of God and promote this gospel. Oh, I got a raise, yay. Well, what's that going to do for the gospel? God don't mind you enjoying it. He wants you to. He wants you to get better clothes for your kids. He wants you to raise your kids in a better environment, get a better house. But somehow, some way, it's got to be connected to building a local church. Can I get an amen on that? But pastor, churches have ripped off people. Yes, I know. 
But pastor, there's crooked churches out there. Yes, I know. Just don't go to them. Don't give to them. Find, recognize heaven's place for you and give your all to it. See, we're so dumb sometimes. Can I just talk to you real quick? Let me give you a, let me give you a father talk right now. Let me give you a father talk right now. We're so dumb. We listen to those lies of the enemy. And we don't apply that logic to anything else. Amen? Fellas, how many of you have been hurt by a girl? Don't raise your hand because you're too manly. You don't want to admit it. I know. Theoretically speaking, I saw the guys go, ain't nobody hurt me. Inside, there's a tear coming down right here. Hold strong. Hold strong, brother. Hold strong. You've been hurt by a female. You don't stop dating. Ladies, how many men have hurt you? You don't stop going out with guys. How many doctors out there have messed up and done the and and, and you know amputated the wrong leg or something? You don't stop going to doctors. Oh, but the church. Oh, crooked churches, I'll never go again. How many, how many messed up used car salesmen are out there? You still buying cars? Oh, but the church, oh, pastor, oh, this has happened. Oh, I'll never do that. That's an excuse. And it's not even a good one. How many marriages get divorced? People still getting married? People still getting married. There's a divorce happening every day and somebody you know. And you still talking about, will you marry me? Why? Because there's, there's some sense. You recognize what's going on with them doesn't have to happen with you. Why can't you believe that for church? Why can't you believe that for your pastors? Why can't you believe that for other things? It's a logic that don't make sense. It's an excuse. Amen? So with all that getting done and gone, whatever God's calling you to do, there's got to be an eternal purpose in building his church. I tell my kids all the time, you ain't got to be pastors. You don't have to be what I, you don't have to do what I do. You're free to find your own path. But whatever it is, you got to build God's church. If you go out and become a millionaire, you got to build churches. If you go out and have a great company, it's got to be connected somehow to the church. Because that is the only thing Jesus said I'm building. And it's the only thing he said that hell can't conquer. So do you know how to get that impenetrable force field in your life? Connect to the church. If my marriage is connected to the church, hell cannot conquer it. My business, hell cannot conquer it. It's the only place that it says there were God's eyes are searching the earth and his eyes are on his house. I want to be where his eyes are. Amen? And I want to be invested in that. So anytime you're wondering about a vision for your life, it's got to be connected to building the church. Amen? John chapter 21, 17. Jesus, he said to him on the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And here's Jesus' response. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. This is what I was talking about the other day. How do we, how do we you know, show that we love God? We do for others. His church. When you give a tithe, when you give an offering, you're feeding the sheep. You're providing for the house. When you help people, we're feeding the sheep. God equates that to you loving him. Are you tracking with me today? So your vision for your marriage 
should be about building the house of God. And yet, you ever wonder why this is the thing that when you're going through st stuff, people, the, the enemy attack you over? It's crazy. I hear it all the time. You start, people start coming to church and their family members start going, why y'all spend, why you spend so much time at church? I don't think that's right. They didn't give a rip when you were spending weekends in the bar. And now all of a sudden you're crazy because you go to church and you go to a worship practice or you go to a prayer meeting or you go to an outreach. Oh, you're doing too much. That's just some dumb stuff right there. Are you tracking with me today? It don't make no sense. Because what we're doing is we're about eternal things. Amen? We've got to be able to discern when there's a voice from heaven and a voice from the enemy. Because the voice from the enemy don't make no sense. But you can hear it so much, you begin, to, you begin to subscribe to it. You think, oh, maybe I am doing too much church. Put your kid in a ball league. Sign him up for baseball. Sign him up for football. Sign them up for basketball. It's like taking on another job. And nobody goes to those guys and says, oh, you're doing too much for that little league. You're doing too much. You got your son at all those games. Oh, that's terrible. Nobody says that. You know what they say? What a good dad. What a good mother. And you come into church and all of a sudden, oh, you're doing too much. Ridiculous. I'm about the father's business. If anything is worth my time, it is this. It's eternal. Ain't nobody going to remember your kid running the third base five years from now. Nobody going to remember that one shot. Anybody, oh, that's, that's all temporal. It's going to fade away. You know what's going to matter? Where you're at in ten years, five years. What's going to matter is when we face the king, like he said in the video, and the rewards are passed out. What's going to matter is who you take to heaven with you. What's going to matter is what we accomplish as a church on, on Judgment Day. And we see the lives that were impacted by, by working together. Your vision's got to impact the church. Amen? And the last thing, number three. The last thing anything that God gives you is going to have, it's going to have the ability to reach the lost. Whatever career you're in, whatever vision you have, Whatever, anything you're putting your hands to do, people need to know Jesus. So go ahead, become a senator. Go ahead, become a congressman. But is what you're doing in that field bringing people to Jesus? Is what you're doing with that business helping bring people to Jesus? It can. Mark 16, 15 says this, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, period. He didn't say go to church and be nice wait for me to come back. No, nope, he didn't do that. He said, go, 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 go. He didn't save you to be nice people. He didn't save you just to free you from sin. He saved you to be his messengers. He saved you to be his carriers of eternal life. And it's amazing to me, we get so content. And this is when we begin to get so self-righteous that the world hates us. It's no wonder the world hates Christians. Now, we know that they'll hate us because of Jesus in us, but sometimes we make it easy to be hated on. When we just go to church and we think we're better than everybody. Listen, being a card member, carrying member of the Christian church doesn't make you better. Okay? It's not, well, I, I don't go out and sin. I'm not in the club. I'm better than you. No. That's the wrong attitude. 
But did you know that is the attitude you will have unless you are reaching people? It will creep up on you, folks. You will just begin to feel so good about your little holy self. And I never want Elevate Life Church to be a holy club. We got to be a place where anybody can come. We got to be full of people that are ready to serve, ready to help. That's a good place to clap right there because I'm talking about you. Listen, whether we're meeting in a school or whether we're meeting in a nice building or wherever we're at, we've got to be people that love people, broken people, people that are going through struggles. We've got to be that way. And no matter what you're doing in life, there's got to be a passion for the lost. I can look back over my life over the last 20 years and every place I've lived or worked, people got saved. I can look back and there is fruit everywhere I go, every place I've been. There have been people that have come to know Jesus because I was there. That is how it works. If it's not working like that for you, you got to change. You're doing something wrong. How long you been at that job and never brought anybody to church? You ain't, you ain't doing something right. You ain't doing something right. How long you been living in that area and nobody knows you're a Christian? You, you ain't doing something right. You're not living in eternity. Now, don't get me wrong. See, we're going into that ditch. Oh, Pastor, do I need to be like that guy on the side of the road holding the Jesus loves you, John 316 cardboard box on Thorn Road? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. See, we, we always want to take it to a ditch. Learn to be on the highway. Don't fall into a ditch. Well, what about this? What about that? See, we're always so afraid of things. I want you to catch this now. There are so many in the body of Christ who are afraid of false doctrines. We're afraid of false this. We're so full of fear. Jesus said, be like small children. Be like small children who are just willing to trust and love and get out there and believe and do it. Amen? And don't always take something to the extreme, to a ditch. Well, you know, I'm just going to quit my job and just go put a sign. No, why don't you just go to that job every day and do a darn good job at it? Why don't you bring donuts in every once in a while? Why don't you be that guy? That brings Starbucks for the office. Because you're too cheap, that's why. <laughs> Did you know winning the loss is going to cost you money? Yes. You, you need to understand that. You need to really resign yourself that if you're going to win somebody to Jesus, you're going to have to pay for it. You're going to have to pay for it. It's going to cost you something. You're going to need to bring them gifts, take them out to dinner. Well, isn't that bribing? No, it's called loving. When your boyfriend took you out on a date, was he bribing you? No, he was loving you. He was loving you, providing for you, caring for you, those kinds of things. But whatever you're doing has to have those three components. You could help me on the keys. Those three components. It's got to be something that's bringing you closer to Jesus. Your vision for your life, your job, your business. Whatever you're going, man, a part of the motivation that should get you up in the morning and get you on your knees is the, is the understanding, I need you, God. I need you. Listen, husbands, that's a motive right there. You know you can mess up that marriage. Get on your, I need you, God. Wives, it's going to take a lot to make that man happy. It's going to, to it's gonna take a lot to be what he needs, support him in his vision. Don't get discouraged. Drive you down. When you start feeling like you ain't enough, go to your knees. Don't get mad and rebel. Oh, somebody needs to hear that. 
dollars 